Hey, hey, it's your girl Carla Renata, a.k.a. the Kirby Film Critic, along with... Scott Menzel here at... Toronto International, International Film Festival. <laughs> we are at TIFF, y'all, doing a little special Black Tomatoes action. So, Scott. Yes. Yes, my dear. Have you been having a good time? Oh, my God. This year has been fan tabulous to quote you. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you said yes, that. Yes, yes. It <laughs> and, has been. And we've seen a ton of films. I know you've seen a ton of yes. films. I know I've seen a ton of films, but I know one film that we did together. That's right. Um, the interview for it together and that we saw was The Stars Born with Lady Gaga, Bradley Cooper, Anthony Ramos, and uh, Sam Elliott, David Chappelle, Andrew Dice Clay, all these really wonderful people in it. So let's just talk to the people about how sure. we feel about it. How are you feeling about a star? Stars I was, I'll be honest, I was not expecting to be as blown away by that movie as I was. Really? Yes. Um, I'm just like you. I remember the Barbara Streisand version. I, oh, not, I remember all the versions. I did, I the 30 go, versions, I, I the 50 versions. I did not remember version. the uh, Judy Garland version. I'll, I'll be honest. But I did remember the Barbara Streisand version. Okay. And this is by far the best version so far. Of this, of this, this franchise. You know, this is what I loved about what he did yeah. with it. He took it and he took all of the elements from the, all the other ones because there's one from the 30s, there's the one from the 50s with Judy Garland, there's the Barbara Streisand one from the 70s, and there's this one. So there's four, maybe five different incarnations yeah. of it. He took a little bit of everything from all of the different versions and threw it into this to pay homage because this is a franchise. Yeah, Star Wars is a franchise. It pretty much is. Yeah, you know. So he took all of that, he threw it together, and just made it work. He wrote it. He produced it. He's starring in it. I mean, he did the soundtrack. Yes. Some of the songs on the yes. soundtrack. He is really killing it. I, I will say that the soundtrack for this movie is second to none. I mean, this is going to be a soundtrack for the ages. Uh, Warner Brothers not only will make money off the movie, but the <laughs> soundtrack will be the number one soundtrack of the year. I am calling it right now. I, I agree with that. I agree with that. And it'll definitely, this film is definitely Oscar buzz worthy. I expect to hear lots of really wonderful, great things about them during award season. And we did a roundtable with them where we laughed. We cried. It was really wonderful. They were a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful group beautiful. of people. I love the fact that uh, Lady Gaga came up to every one of us afterwards. Afterwards talked to and us a before. Bit. Yeah. Afterwards and, like, and before. She shook our hand first, and then she came up and talked a little bit to each of us and mm -hmm. gave us all hugs. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, that just shows how a real down-to-earth person she is and that she she felt the emotion that we felt towards the film and I, I thought that was incredible of her to do. Absolutely. So listen, you guys, take a listen to the interview. Scott and I were both there. I've edited it and made it really lovely for you to listen She's to. She's always on top of things, <laughs> isn't she? She's so on top of I can absolutely, without a doubt, tell you right now, A Star is Born is Oscar buzz worthy. It debuted at the Venice Film Festival last week. It's at the Toronto Film Festival this week. And so am I and Scott Menzel. <laughs> we had an opportunity to sit down at a roundtable discussion with some other digital journalists with Bradley Cooper, Lady Gaga, Anthony Ramos, and Sam Elliott. We laughed. We cried. We asked Bradley about his artistic choices in terms of being a writer, director, producer, and star of the film. We talked about their musical inspirations. And this is a group of people that they genuinely enjoy loving on each other and working with each other. Take a listen. Bradley. Hello. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm that chick. So um, let me just say all of y'all were wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. I'm a huge fan of this film. I've seen every single solitary version of it. So having said that, I wanted to know why 
the decision was made to include backstory for Allie and Jack because I know in previous versions there wasn't a backstory on the family, mm. but in this one there is. Movies I like are movies where you get to know people, and you're right about that. I remember th watching the James Mason going, I don't know anything about him, which was kind of incredible <laughs> that I cared so much about his character when exactly. you don't know anything. You know, it was kind of wonderful. And in the writing process of this movie, I thought about that, you know, and then I, but just what the story that I wanted to tell just didn't, the demands were not that, you know. Was, I, I really cared about telling a true love story and one that I, in, in order to tell a true love story it, it all comes about what happened before it, what made you the person you are and uh, and specifically with these two characters this care this relationship it's about uh, trauma as a child and then how that that's one of the sort of themes that I was playing with in the movie you know how that dictates your behavior for the rest of your life so it, it really because of that branched off into the, kind of like a different story really than the other ones I loved it it was it was it was everything yeah and you oh my god you can sing anything I can't, <laughs> I can't even I can't I can't thank you so much that's oh. very helpful it's oh, ridiculous yeah. you should have been on set <laughs> like, we all would just look at each other Crazy. like what when, when we stopped crying you know what she was saying I, you know the, the two things that I wanted to make sure would happen hopefully when people watch the movie anybody who's a musician and anybody who's going through that will say like yeah you that's that's the way it is so that was really important you, you try to do anything you can to personalize the story so you know and for all of us I think it's you know you find what it is you know personal to you so that you don't have to act you know that's that's the bottom line Bradley was in the studio all the time uh, working with us and uh, helping to craft the soundtrack and you know the, the Jack sound and, and who he is as an artist completely came from him and it was so exciting for me to watch as a musician and uh, I remember he came into the studio one day and we were working on something for him and he was like this isn't Jackson sound this isn't what he sounds like and I was like oh okay okay, okay. I got a musician on my hands you know and it provided for such an inspirational experience I mean, he had his hand in absolutely every single thing that was a part of this movie. It was it was tremendous. Central. It, it was tremendous to be in the midst of. Just a, an honor to watch, really. It was uh, it was it was pretty special just being on set and playing that role. I mean, I think everyone needs a real one in their life, mm -hmm. um, especially as no matter what you do and the more successful you become at whatever you do, you have to keep the real ones. And I think that was. That was what I kept playing in my mind, and, and and like, yeah, I saw stuff on the page, and I said what was on the page half of the time, but that was only because Bradley was like, he'd have moments, he'd be like, yo, forget about the script, let's just, let's try this, and it was like, lead with the heart, like, the words are here, we're gonna say this, but if something feels like it wants to do this, let's go there, let's 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 just try that, and let's do that, and Bradley would be like, we were shooting a scene with, with Dice and Stephanie on the steps outside the house, I think it was one of my first days on set, I was like, nervous, I'm like, set with, you know, with these, you know, incredible actors and, and director, and, and Bradley's like behind the steps, <laughs> like, like this with the monitor, and we we cut, and he's like, yo, all right, and he's all up in it, and just try it this way, move here, let's feel her, feel her, she's leaving, man, she's leaving, like you know, and then Dice is, you know, and we're working together and great, and then Bradley just sneaks right back behind the steps and. And you, you know, and you can feel your director when you feel your leader there with you, and you feel you you just feel safe. You feel safe enough to just run around like a kid. It's like a parent with their kid, and they're just like, here, here's the playpen. Just do your thing. But I'm right here, I'm watching. And when when you have that, it's like, oh, look, we can fly. I can do, I can do anything, you know. So yeah. In your documentary, Five for Two, 
you say, I can always bring my past with me, but I can never go back. For all of you, what is the one thing that in your past that you would want to go back to, if you could? Sam? <laughs> Sam? <laughs> that's such a blessed career that <clears throat> and it's got us gone on so long. There's a lot of things I'd like to go back to. I'd like to go back to my mom. Mm. I'd like to see my mom again. Thank you. Anthony? You know, I'm like, you know, I'm 26, man. You know, so I'm still young. But yeah, but you can do a lot of stuff in your 20s that you wish you did. No, no, you, you look, you right, you ain't lying. You ain't never lied about that. But, but uh, you know, I, I think, you know, I didn't have. I guess just a moment that I think I always want to go back to are the, are the most innocent moments, man. When I, when I was a kid, and I just wasn't worrying so much about life because somehow things have always worked out the way they needed to and um and i think as a kid you know you're fearless like you know those moments i you know we had a wrestling federation in the backyard i, li I grew up in the projects in bushwick in brooklyn and we're like a bunch of heathens <laughs> wrestling on this like concrete with the jungle gym but we didn't care and 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 i'm like you know and i think i need to go back to those moments a little more as an adult you know worrying about what where's my career going or what you know is this going to work out is that going to work out but at the end of the day I always went back home upstairs and ate my rice and beans and chicken you know that my mom made and and like went to bed and I was like yeah, everything's good you know and I have to remember the rice and beans and chicken like it's all good you know like it's always gonna be all right you know so uh, for myself I often have a vision of me when I was around 19 years old living on the Lower East Side. It was just me in this teeny tiny studio apartment with my piano and my futon. <laughs> <laughs> and I used to wake up and I would either go to the cafe down the street to write or I would just walk the streets of New York by myself. And I was just dreaming and I had no idea what was in store for me but I loved the freedom of not knowing and I think something over the years as I've as my career has progressed you start to have some idea of how things are going to go and you experience things that you've never experienced before I miss the the innocence that I had I needed that for this character and so I guess what I, I, it goes back to what Sam was saying, you know, and also what Anthony was saying is that it, it's your past that makes you who you are. Mm -hmm. But I would say that that independence of being alone and just being a singular artist by myself with nobody around me, you know, no manager, no stylist, no <laughs> hair and makeup, you know, I miss those that time. You know, when you said the question, I thought, well, I go back all the time. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that's a beautiful thing about imagination. Mm. Hell, I go back all the time various things I was at Bruce Springsteen last night in New York I don't know if any of you have gone to see his show but that's what that whole show is about it takes you back to the tree in his neighborhood and sitting there with his father And I just we're just so lucky we get to be in a profession where we get to do that for a living but uh, man I spent half my day doing that although I do have to say I just thought of it I, I, one Halloween Amy Poehler and I in New York I went and dragged and she was and she yeah now I remember that yeah I walked in New York City and I was like oh, I feel like a woman yeah. <laughs>
was there a specific but it was hard to find shoes that fit 13 yeah, that was, yeah. I needed more prep I needed more prep time and my friend had this incredible wig so so I just took her wig yeah Ever since we left the Venice Film Festival, it was almost like we were on this extreme high and I got home and I just dropped and all I could think about was the film. Preoccupied in my mind so so deeply, the film affects me so much every time I see it. I kept thinking about the, uh, the suicide scene at the end. Mm. I've actually been listening to Bruce Springsteen, Dancing in the Dark. That song actually plays back to my childhood. My father used to swing me around and dance with me to Bruce. Uh, so that's what I've been listening to. Because, you know, even through the darkness, we can keep dancing. There's, there's an artist, he's, he's uh, on the come up, this guy named Ben Rector. And he's one of the most beautiful storytellers I've ever heard. Like, I've listened to that yet. Um, he's got this song called The Men That Drive Me Places. And I tell the story now at the end of my shows at the Encore. I had this driver in L.A. named Chris who told me that he came from the Philippines to L.A. to become a bartender. And he was, and he has achieved his dream. And and then he, I said, oh, so you're driving in the mornings? He's like, yeah, I do this so that my sister can come from the Philippines so she can study to be a doctor and she doesn't have to worry about her housing or anything. So, and the song is just about, it's like, this song is just, isn't, is, he's like, isn't that just the way it goes? You dealt a good hand and you get celebrated. Oh, how am I the only one who knows? I'm half the man of the men that drive me places. Mm -hmm. And it's just about how we, you know, there's so many unsung heroes. And, uh, and it's like, we should never take for granted the guy that's like holding the door for you or, you know, the, the, the woman that's like, you know, or the man that's like, you know, what, what can I, what can I, you want another glass of water? These people are helping us live life and get to the next moment and get to the next step. And uh, everybody's got a story, so that's kind of who I've been listening to, you know. Mm -hmm. Sounds <laughs> like that was deep. <laughs> it's all deep around this too. Yeah, right. <laughs> I wouldn't single out any particular piece of music or any artist. It's really, I've, I sit in these interviews and I've thought about it before while making this film. I, I started singing in a church choir when I was four years old in Sacramento, California. My mother drove me to a congregational church. I sang all the way through grade school, middle school, high school, college. And I always thought that maybe I was going to end up having some sort of a singing career. Just probably, fortunately, that took a fortune on the road and ended up acting. But I thought about that a lot when I was making this film. I was like, Fuck happened to that singing? <laughs> listen to all these geniuses sing, and you know, listen to this guy over here that's talking like me and singing like maybe I might have sounded, and it's like, wow. It's just like music, music is just the greatest, and I just God, what a gift to be part of this whole thing, and particularly to be anywhere in the same proximity as Stephanie. It's just, it's just been mind-boggling. I know, y'all making me cry. <laughs> There's a lot of love here. Just the truth. There's so much love here. Just and we felt it on set and we still feel it now. That's a testament to this guy right here. That's right. He created a family and he, he nurtured us. He's he's the nucleus to all of this. I am just I'm just so forever grateful to have met you. I'd like to thank Lady Gaga, Bradley Cooper, Anthony Ramos, and Sam Elliott for taking the time to sit down and talk to us digital journalists and give us a little insight into their characters, their musical inspirations, and just their overall thoughts about 
shooting and filming and working together on A Star is Born. This is your girl, Carla Renata, a.k.a. The Curvy Film Critic for Black Hollywood Live and Black Tomatoes. Be on the lookout for A Star is Born at a theater near you this fall. Love, peace, and hair grease, y'all. Until the next time. Bye. All right. So did y'all enjoy? I hope that they enjoyed that. that interview. Oh, I, I hope so, too. It was, so it was too. really wonderful. I, I put the best bits in it. Now we got Lizzie that's opening this week with Chloe Sevigny and Kristen Stewart. <laughs> Another film that I think is going to be Oscar buzz worthy for those two young ladies. Cause oh, we see yeah. Kristen Stewart doing something that she's never done before. She's really, um, she has some really high stakes as a character in this movie. The film is not as graphic as the other Lizzie Borden films have been. There's a relationship between the two women, a kinship that I've never seen in any other Lizzie Borden picture that I've seen. I really, really enjoyed it, and it was really intense. And with this whole Me Too times up movement yes. it was it's really refreshing to see a film that takes place in the 1800s where these women are really trying to do it for themselves even then right i agree i completely agree. um i saw that at sundance and uh i'm if you guys don't know this about me i'm a huge kristen stewart fan oh, I, he, I am definitely a wait, fanboy of, of yeah kristen yeah stewart. so let's just say this he yeah. is like a big old fan of kristen stewart like he totally geeks out when he hears her name or sees her face i'm just I, saying I, I do i do <laughs> uh yes i'm one of those wacky people who like when i go to a film festival if her name's on a schedule i am like the first in line to see it that, that's how much of a fan i am um and it's interesting because her and chloe just seem like the perfect pairing in this movie and uh, chloe has been very passionate about this project it was supposed to be made like years upon years ago she's been attached to it for so so long it was supposed to be a tv series and now it became a movie and i think the movie is really really great and you know the last 15 20 minutes of this movie is haunting it'll leave you speechless yes it will it really will yes and, it will and the two of them working together just their on-screen dynamic is just so top-notch and they're incredible together i agree so you guys Take a listen to the Lizzie interview. It's very, very brief, but take a listen. And then I want you guys to go and see Lizzie because it's a really, really wonderful, Support wonderful independent film. film. Support independent film. And take a listen. Why do you think Bridget and Lizzie were so tight? Do you think it was that sisterhood that they shared over being abused and being old maids? Or um, I, you know, I play somebody who comes from extreme poverty and is subject to her employer and has to take whatever abuse he would like to dole out. And the idea of saying anything is asinine. And, uh, you know, there's another girl who's witness to that who's um, been dealing with her own version of, like, privileged uh, oppression her whole life. And so they see that in each other immediately, and they're just like, you know, girls help each other. That's such a natural thing. Like, that's a really sort of... that's natural to us we are we are we're nurturing people yeah, yeah exactly yeah i saw the film you guys are kicking major but and i'm huge fan of both of you really really the me too movement and the times up movement how do you think if there was a woman during that time that was brave enough to speak up about the injustices towards women at that time how do you think it would have fared during the 1800s I mean, well, there were the suffragettes, and yes, I mean, I think, like, the women's movement were still, like, you know, in the thick of it, and, uh, you know, with pay equality, and, and um, I mean, so much it could go on, um, but I think we just have to support each other, and, you know, and, and give each other platforms to have these kind of conversations, and build each other up, and, and um, you know, just continue on this path. I think it's so great that it's, it's you know, a huge part of the conversation now. 
Cool. So that song, Lizzie Borden had, had an axe, oh, gave yeah. her father 40 wax. Do y'all remember the rest of it? When she saw what she had done, she gave her mother 41. <laughs> yes, diva. Work. <laughs> it's on that one. Work. Like, work. Like, I love it. She saw it being pitched, and she was like, all right. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate both of you taking the time out. So that was nice, short, and yep, sweet. Short, sweet. And we said what we had to say about Lizzie. We said what we had to say about The Star is Born. We're going to see some other films. I'm going to oh, see Bill Street Could Talk. Stuff. I'm going to see Quincy. I've seen Monsters and Men. I've seen Hate You Give. Hate You Give is oh we beautiful got, boy. We have boy so erased. many, so much, so much, so, so many. Much. So We're gonna many. have to do like a longer episode. We're I gonna think. have to do a longer episode. But for right now, this is Carla Renata, the AKA Curvy Film Critic, and this is Scott Mintel for Black Tomatoes at Black Hollywood Live. You can find me across all social media platforms at the Curvy Critic, and don't forget to go to YouTube, like the video, give us a comment. We will respond back and go to iTunes and give us those five stars. And where can they find you, Scott? You can find me at WeLiveEntertainment.com and all across all social media platforms at the other Scott M. Thanks so much for watching, and we hope you enjoyed this video. Take care. Bye. <laughs> From executives Kevin Undergaro, Dario Kristen, Tiana Hobson, and the entire BHL staff, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African-American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us, info at blackhollywoodlive.com. Like us on Facebook, tweet us, or Instagram us at BHL Online. And I am the official voice of Black Hollywood Live, Scipio. Instagram me, at KingXOBay. Thanks for tuning in.